Hi, my name's Sam Webster, and the last time we spoke, um, if you're doing this in chronological order, we were talking about the thymus, and I said it gets very close to the thyroid gland, so I thought we'd talk about the thyroid gland anatomy, and I'm sneaking in here because Chris, being an ear, nose and throat surgeon, this is his area of expertise, so I've just nipped in and, and grabbed it. Anyway, right. Start my five minute timer. Okay, normal anatomy then. You know, where is it? What does it do? What's its blood supply innovation? That sort of thing, lymphatic drainage, all right? So the the thyroid gland, it's in the neck. It's an endocrine gland, which means it's secreting hormones into the blood that can have an effect on other cells at a distance around the body. And in fact, the thyroid gland is a good example of an endocrine gland because the thyroid hormone that it produces will affect almost every cell type in the body. There's a few that it doesn't, and its main job is typically described as regulating metabolic rate so regulating you know the amount of energy that cells are burning and how active they are and that sort of thing um, it does do a whole bunch of other things but i'm going to leave that up to you to read around your physiology of the thyroid gland if you want to know more because that's an hour on its on its own now the other thing is that cells inside the thyroid gland um, can also produce calcitonin, which regulates blood calcium levels. So calcium is stored in the bone and it's used by muscles for contraction and other cells for other things. But having the right amount of blood calcium is important for your normal function. Okay, so it does thyroid, it makes thyroid hormone to regulate metabolic rate and it produces calcitonin to regulate blood calcium levels. I said it's in the neck. Now in the neck, in the midline, you can feel the laryngeal prominence, that thyroid cartilage that's poking out anteriorly. Now if you work your fingers down, you can feel a little depression. This doesn't feel very nice. There's then another cartilage, that's the cricoid cartilage. And as you go down, you get to the trachea and it becomes less and less pleasant as you descend, as you move inferiorly and you palpate. The thyroid gland is lateral to the cricoid cartilage and the thyroid cartilage and the trachea and that sort of thing. It has two lobes. It's a reddish, brownish, soft glandular tissue um, to the left. and So it has left and right lobes joined by an isthmus that uh, connects both of those lobes in the midline, kind of anterior to the cricoid cartilage. Um, Sometimes you might find a third lobe, a pyramidal lobe, extending up from that isthmus. Uh, and here's a bit of embryology for you. Because the thyroid gland starts to form from the back of the tongue in the embryo and then descends down the neck to its final location, there might be ectopic bits of thyroid tissue along that pathway in addition to any thyroid gland that you might see in where you expect it to be. Um, now, inside the thyroid gland, we find follicles, like balls of stored thyroid hormone precursors that can be released. And those balls are surrounded by follicular cells. And it's those follicular cells whose job is to make thyroid hormone. Now, other cells we find here, the cells that make calcitonin, are C cells or parafollicular cells. So we've got two different cell types coexisting in a single endocrine gland, but they're actually from two different embryological origins and they have quite different functions. Weird, huh? But it's a trend we see around the body. 
Uh, lateral thyroid ligaments attach the thyroid gland to the cricoid cartilage. It's also attached to the first and second tracheal cartilage rings. And there's a pre-tracheal fascia that supports the thyroid gland, kind of holds this layer of stuff together. Um, in terms of nerves, the recurrent laryngeal nerve is running up from the thorax to the larynx alongside the trachea. And it's the recurrent laryngeal nerve that is at greatest risk during thyroid surgery. So it's not actually innervating the thyroid gland, but it's running very, very nearby if you think the thyroid gland is kind of mushed around the trachea and the larynx. Parathyroid glands are on the posterior surface of the thyroid gland and they also regulate calcium levels in the opposite way, so they work together. Uh, the blood supply to the superior thyroid artery comes from the external carotid artery. Watch out here, the external laryngeal nerve will be running with the superior thyroid artery. The inferior thyroid artery comes from the thyrocervical trunk of the subclavian artery. And superior and middle thyroid veins will drain to the internal jugular veins. The inferior thyroid veins will drain back to the left and right brachiocephalic veins or maybe the superior vena cava directly. Lymphatic drainage is to any lymph nearby lymph nodes, prelaryngeal, paratracheal, pretracheal and deep cervical lymph nodes. And in terms of innovation, um, we see... Um, sympathetic and parasympathetic nerves affecting the arteries that supply blood to the thyroid gland. Oh, there's my five minutes. So they can control the blood flow to the thyroid gland, but the cells of the thyroid gland themselves are actually controlled by signals, by hormones from other organs in the body. For example, the hypothalamus produces thyrotropin-releasing hormone, which tells the pituitary gland to release thyroid-stimulating hormone, which tells the thyroid gland, you know, it literally stimulates the thyroid gland to produce thyroid hormone. That's it. So there we go. That's the, the thyroid gland, cellular structure, where it is in the neck, blood supply, and other bits and bobs. Oof. Okay. See you next time. <laughs>